Welcome to Creative Biolabs. We provide reliable oncolytic virus therapy development services for clients globally. Our service covers all aspects from virus engineering, cell biology, to animal testing. We have archived professional academic reports and the latest scientific progress on oncolytic virus therapy by making it into a podcast column. You can subscribe us to follow the latest updates on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Tumor treatment has always been a difficult problem. Scientists and doctors have been working to improve the cure rate of cancer patients for many years. In recent decades, following treatment options including surgery, radiotherapy, and chemotherapy, immunotherapy with its own advantages has become a research focus. For our episode today, we invited Jensen. Jensen is an expert in the area of cancer treatment, especially immunotherapy. Thank you for joining us, Jensen. Thanks for inviting me. So, immunotherapy refers to the treatment of low or high immune state of the body, artificially enhance or inhibit the immune function of the body in order to achieve the purpose of disease treatment. It can be categorized into molecular therapy cell-based therapy, and immunomodulator therapy. What can you tell us about each of these categories? Let's go through each. You first mentioned molecular therapy. It refers to the input of molecular agents into the body to regulate the specific immune response. The molecular agents include antibodies, molecular vaccines, and cytokines. Then we have cell therapy, It refers to the injection of cell preparations into the body to activate or enhance the specific immune response of the body. It includes cell vaccine, stem cell transplantation, and adoptive immunotherapy. Finally, the immunomodulators. Biological response modulators are among them. They can promote or regulate the immune function of people with low immune function. Another regulator is immunosuppressant, which can inhibit the immune function of the body, and is usually used for the treatment of autoimmune diseases, and to prevent the occurrence of rejection of transplantation. I heard that your team is mainly engaged in the research and development of tumor cell vaccines. Right. We study the effect of the oncolytic virus on tumor treatment. It's a very popular area right now. Yes. An oncolytic virus is a kind of natural or genetically engineered virus that can selectively replicate in tumor tissue, then infect and kill tumor cells, or cause tumor cell lysis, but has no killing effect on normal tissue. So, oncolytic virus is a rather new treatment method. Do you think it can achieve the same effect as other treatments? In theory, the killing effect of the oncolytic virus on tumors is highly effective. However, we need to use a variety of methods to measure their activities in tumors to know whether its effect can reach the theoretical state. What methods are we talking about here? Well, the most basic method is to observe the state of the oncolytic virus before and after treatment in tumor cells cultured in vitro. In addition, we can conduct experiments on animal cancer models. The recovery of the animals before and after the treatment with the virus is usually observed, and their tissues are also harvested and studied. Combining these methods, 
we can make a basic judgment on the anti-tumor activity of the oncolytic virus. Right, in vivo research is known to be the backbone of translational immune oncology and viral therapy research. And then which method is the most suitable for studying the effect of intratumoral therapy? In general oncology, bioluminescence imaging provides a convenient and reliable tool for displaying disseminated tumors and monitoring growth kinetics or therapeutic effects. Bioimaging is a powerful and non-invasive tool for imaging small experimental animals in vivo, and it can study the real-time biological process in vivo. This is a widely used in vivo imaging method, and it is easier to achieve than the imaging technology based on radioactive tracer used in PET or SPECT. PET is also known as positron emission computed tomography, which is an advanced clinical imaging technology in the field of nuclear medicine. SPECT refers to single photon emission computed tomography. PET and SPECT are both CT techniques in nuclear medicine. What's so special about bioluminescence imaging, that is it used in oncolytic virus research? Yeah, good question. We tend to use this method in the oncolytic virus research is, because it not only can track the process of tumor-specific targeting, but it can also be used to evaluate the potential non-target replication and visualize the spread in tumors. In addition, longitudinal monitoring of viral activity kinetics is a very powerful function over time, supporting subsequent, often well-designed preclinical biodistribution and drug toxicity plans. You mean we can use some proteins or oncolytic viruses labeled with something luminous to visually observe the state of the tumor in living animals? That's right. I think you meant to say tags or reporters when you said something luminous. The most commonly used reporters include proteins that catalyze enzyme activation of luminescent substrates and fluorescent reporters, such as green fluorescent protein, which inherently generate detectable signals when excited. How do we select the right fluorescent reporters? We should choose one with high background signal ratio and lack of deep tissue penetration. Luciferase is a perfect one. At present, the standard luciferase comes from different organisms, such as Photonus paralis, Gaussian princes, or Renilla reniformis. Firefly luciferase needs luciferase substrate for transformation, while Gauss luciferase and Renin luciferase use different substrates. Since bioluminescence imaging has been widely used in monitoring transgenic expression, tumor growth and metastasis, and virus infection and spread, it must have great advantages over other methods. I think so. The ability of bioimaging technology to monitor the same object over a period of time provides insight into the dynamics of biological processes and has reasonable macrospatial resolution without sacrificing research animals. I'm interested in learning how you used this technology in your experiments. We used oncolytic viruses that encode firefly luciferase to visualize the targeting, intratumoral proliferation, and potential off-target spread of the viruses. In addition, our laboratory also used the same method to track and monitor tumor cells with in situ, less metastatic, or disseminated luciferase expression. Is one fluorescent marker enough? 
or would you use multiple tags at the same time? Yeah, you can use two or dual real-time imaging of two different reporters. This is feasible, and for most current settings, luciferase variants with different emission spectra are required, such as those from Photonus pyralis and Luciola italica. In the context of oncolytic virus therapy, this dual system can be used for virus tracking of disseminated tumor lesions. Is it harmful to animals to make such fluorescent labeling in vivo? In the context of immune oncology, luciferase-based cancer research, whether using reporter gene-expressed cells or viruses, must be cautious. Because luciferase is xenogenic to mice, it triggers an immune response in the immune host. In general, any adverse effects may depend on the tumor model. It has been reported that the expression of luciferase has no significant effect on tumor growth kinetics and tumor microenvironment. Thank you Jensen for sharing with us the in vivo imaging technology in oncolytic virus therapy. Thanks everyone for listening. We will continue our discussion next week.